0: So we've been exploring the theme of freedom, and uh, we—I didn't put these in order, unfortunately—but anyway, there they are: freedom from sin, freedom from the law, hi guys, and freedom to live. And so we're going to explore today freedom to love. Now I think we're fairly familiar with the law. Uh, we've got. Biblical law, we're familiar with that. We've got all the laws of the land that we have to obey. I, I've discovered that there are so many laws of the land that most of us don't even know what they are until we transgress one, and then we find out what that was. <laughs> um, there's familial law, if you'll let me call it that. Everybody, everybody's family has things that you do and that you don't do, and then you kind of grow up and, and just know those things intuitively. Sometimes there's a little bit of a culture clash when families combine through marriage, and we discover that we don't have the same familial law. Then there's social law. Um, these are the things we learn growing up usually, except I had to learn a lot of them as an adult. Um, things that you just don't say in public and things that you just don't do. And then there are things that you absolutely do. So my, my parents raised me so that you always brought flowers or wine to a house if you've never been there before. David's family didn't raise him to bring wine. And so, so that was a discussion in our early years <laughs> of marriage. Uh, and so, and then there's, nature's law. We don't always think about that, but there are things that we can't do even if we wanted to. How many of you wanted to fly when you were kids? I used to dream about it, and to this day, I have never flown. Now, I've fallen, and it felt like flying until I hit hit bottom, but, (laughs) and then there are things that we have to do, even though we maybe don't want to do because of nature's law. So, there's a lot of law in our lives, and uh, so, I, I thought maybe we would talk about that. All spheres of life, all spheres of life have boundaries and rules. So I thought, well, let's talk about if there's anything that has no restrictions. Can you think of something that we can do that has no limitations and no penalties, no boundaries, no restrictions, anything at all? This is this is a conversation time, actually. So. Uh, we have a mic, and if you can think of something, yay. The only thing I can think of is our imagination. Okay. Now, what we do with that is a different story, but I don't think there's any limitations on what we can imagine. There isn't, especially for believers, because we're going to live forever. Death might stop some people in their tracks, but not us. Anything else? Prayer. Prayer. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard, though, isn't it, to try and think of things that there, there's no limitation and no penalty. Anything else come to mind? We were talking a little bit this morning about Proverbs that covers a kind of gray area that's not law, but sort of practical living, day-to-day mm-hmm. life, where we can't have laws that say everything you need to do, but there's still sort of a right, wise thing to do and a not right, wise thing to do. True. So I think there's probably no limitation on using wisdom. We could probably use that all the time and nobody would stop us. There's no law against feeling. Oh, yeah. You can feel. Everyone is entitled to their feelings. You're going to feel what you feel. Well, I came up, not me, but the Lord, with a number of things that that are completely limitless. And this is, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot The fruit of the Spirit is love, agape, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But this is the kicker. There's no law against such things. There's no law that restricts that. Do you know what that means? You can be as generous as you want to be. You can be as kind as you want. You could be kind all the time, and nobody will stop you. And in fact, even God will not shake God's finger. Isn't that amazing? You can be generous, faithful. I mean, it's to me, this is a blockbuster sentence. So I thought we'd pray and then we'd talk about this. God, you have put these amazing sentences throughout the Bible. We know that you were inspiring the author as The author wrote those things down. Perhaps he wrote them down in his own words, but we know, God, that this is your mind that you're revealing to us, and so we ask that you would help us understand how to live by what you're revealing. Pray to the praise of your grace. Amen. So I thought one of the things we could talk about uh, is when we don't love, because that's what I want to concentrate on, freedom to love, when we don't. Love all out. What's holding us back? What holds us back from doing that? There are a lot of reasons why we do. Okay? Uh, lack of either physical or emotional resources. Mm-hmm. We've hit our limit. Fear of not being loved back or oh. not being reciprocated or being rejected. I, I think that that is a really big one. Kristen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's, let's use the mic so everyone can hear you. Uh, anger from the past Mm -hmm. yeah it kind of clashes doesn't it our insides any other reasons that hold us back I think we've hit some really big ones have we unearthed it all I'm sure there's more there's more but there are things that hold us back now we are familiar with the kind of love that Jesus talks about because we've talked about it a lot it's this word agape agape um, and it means God's love. So we know what that means. Uh, and the Apostle Paul talked about it a lot. And I actually counted how many times the Apostle Paul used the word love and how many times the Apostle John used the word love. And boy, it was a neck-and-neck race. They both talk a lot about it. And, and you saw First Corinthians 13 this morning. But this is a passage that I think is amazing from uh, John's first letter. And uh, he says... Agape ones, may we agape one another, for agape is from God. And everyone who agapes has been begotten of God and knows God. Now, I translated that myself so that you could see how often the word agape comes up. But when you paraphrase it, it's really pretty amazing. It says, beloved ones, you are begotten of love, your nature is love. And you know your father who is love. You and I were born to love. So, we may love one another. I mean, I thought, wow. That that could be our whole morning is just letting that sink in. This is our nature. We were begotten in love. It's what we do. It's who we are. That, that's that's pretty amazing to me. So, I I thought maybe what we could do next is talk about the rest of what what John wanted to, where he wanted to go with this passage. It's a little bit awkward um, how he says it, so I thought maybe we would talk about it afterwards. He said, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, God's love was made apparent in us that God sent forth God's only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. That is what we spent last week thinking about when Bill was walking us through what Jesus opened up for us. In this is love, not that we've loved God, but rather that God loved us and sent forth God's son as a propitiation regarding our sins. Later in this book, or maybe it's a little earlier, John says it, it. we love because God first loved us. Beloved ones, since God loved us in this way, then we are obligated to love one another. Now, now this obligation is not a woulda, shoulda, coulda kind of obligation. Like, I did this, so you better do that. This is, this is like a natural law. It's like because God is within us, this is who we are, it's what we do. Just like we breathe air, that's what we do. God has never been beheld by anyone. Since we love one another, God remains in us, and God's love is made complete in us. Now, that, that right there is a stunning statement, isn't it? I, we're going to unpack 1 John Uh, in this fall, and I'm very excited about it because what he has to say I think is really amazing. So when we we put together then the whole scope of creation, we realize that it's out of love because God is love, that the whole universe was created. Humanity came into being because God is love. The earth and everything in it, the sky and the water and, and, and the flora and the fauna and the celestial orbs that are, you know, praising God, as the Psalm 19 says, all of that came out of love. That's why it, it, all this exists. And from God's agape come all the other forms of love. So love of parents for children, that comes through agape. Love of friends for friends, that comes through agape. Love of sweethearts for each other, that all comes through agape. It's all a gift of God to the human race. You don't have to be a Christian to have those things. That's just for free. God gave that to humanity because God is love. It's like sunshine. It's like the rain. It's like food. God gave that to us so that life will be beautiful and happy and wholesome. There's another Greek word for love that Jesus used and that the apostles used, and it's the word philia. Philia is the word that the Jewish religious leaders used when they said, Oh, look how he loved Lazarus. That was philia. Peter and Jesus used this word at the end of John's gospel when Jesus said, Do you love me? And Peter said, You know I love you. Jesus used both the word agape and the word philia. It's this deep, affection of friendship. It is, in its way, a bond between equals, which is what Jesus offered to the disciples. He said, I no longer call you my servants. Do you remember what he called them? His friends. You have to think of how colossal that is, that God Almighty says, well, I think you'll be my friends now. Right? That's colossal. And and Peter linked philia and agape tightly together in both of his letters. First he said, uh, your soul's being purified and sanctified in obedience to the truth into unfeigned, which means sincere and uh, authentic, genuine, brotherly, mutual love from the heart, from the heart, real, it has to be real, now love, agape, one another fervently. He said that in his first letter. And then in his second letter, he, he said, you, you have to add to your faith, or giving all zeal and diligence and earnestness, add to your faith, and he, he said a bunch of things, and he ended with brotherly and sisterly love and kindness, Philadelphia, with sacrificial love, agape, linking them together. And there's more, actually. In total, there are eight Greek words that mean Love. Did you guys know that? I was going to ask you if you, if you knew how many. Wait, Mark is going, yeah, I knew that. Eight words. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Everybody knows that. I thought there were only four, Mark. Then I started counting. There's actually eight. And they all describe love. And all these words help us navigate the limitless supply that God imparts to us through the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give them to you in alpha order. Uh, the first one is agape, and we're very familiar with this. This is the unconditional love that defined, that's defined by God's nature and being. So this is the love that God loves us with, but it's a love that has all these other loves in it. So it's, it's boundless, it's limitless, compassion and generosity and mercy and all the things that we were reading about and that were in that scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. Thank you. I'm glad you put that up, Christina. And the next one is eros. Um, Eros is sexual passion and romance. And, and do we find that in the Bible? Do we find that in the Bible? Song of Songs. Exactly right. The Song of Songs is an ode at one level to the joys of this kind of love. But in a certain measure, this kind of heart stopping passion is in the imagery of the bride of Christ. Isn't that interesting? Now, Ludus is a playful crush, um, it's, it's not long-lasting, it's sweet and light, but this word also is described in the Song of Songs. We don't really think of our love with God as playful, but there is an element of it. Then um, mania is about obsessive love, and this is what the procurator Festus accused the Apostle Paul of having. He said, you've gone mad. You have a mania about this Jesus and about your ministry. And uh, even though mania has potential to go dark, I think that the Apostle Paul would have said, yeah, actually, I have a single focused fervor for the Lord Jesus Christ. I do. Then there's philatia, which was new to me. Its root is in philia, and it means healthy self-care. And I thought, okay, wow, how forward-thinking. That's thousands of years ago that the Greek language developed, and they knew that there needs to be healthy self-care before you have anything to offer to anybody else. So as we think about the greatest commandment and the second one that is just like it, we love others as we love ourselves. And people have tried to like, figure out, how do we even understand that? What if we don't love ourselves? Well, what if we don't? Philotia is healthy self-care. Then there's philia, talked about that, the deep affection of friendship, bond of equals. And then there's pragma. Pragma is the strength of enduring love, faithfulness and commitment. So in, in, uh, uh, as we grow up, you know, and we're dating, some of us, we're dating, um, and then you have a relationship, right? And then what do you have? Song after song is about this next step in having a relationship. You done stomped on my heart. You done knocked that sucker flat. Right? The breakup. <laughs> that is the lack of pragma. Pragma lasts. Pragma understands about compromises, about long-standing loyalty, Pragma is the love of maturity for people who have stuck to it, have stuck to the course and have again and again said, I feel like quitting, but I'm not going to quit. I'm just not, because I love. That's pragma. The last one is storge. And storge is the love that, that parents have for their children, but it's also this, this feeling of um, Empathy. It's this connection between people. And that's why often it's assigned to parents. Because parents are amazing in the way that they empathize with their child often. Uh, And they understand almost without the child saying anything. Of course, when they're infants, you have to understand what is needed and then being happy to fill that need. And so often we'll see Storche among family. And this actually is what the Apostle Paul spoke of in his first chapter of Romans. He said, people became heartless. They just were quitters. They didn't, they didn't love each other. They didn't have that empathy for each other. They just stopped. And then in, in a letter to Timothy, he said, this is what it's going to be like shortly before the days of God's judgment. People will no longer have heart for each other, no empathy for each other. So for the believer, agape informs how we understand all of these different kinds of loves because God who is love From God stems all of this love. God lives within us. And so it is through agape that we understand how to love, how to live this love, and how to encourage uh, each other in it. So there was something that I was hoping we could do. The writer of Hebrews... Now, I've been clicking this thing there. Uh, The writer of Hebrews said, Let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds. And so I thought, well, why don't we encourage each other this morning? How can we encourage each other to pull out the stops, to overcome the things that seem to dam up that love so that we can love more? So here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to pick a high and a low. Ask yourself, um, how am I actually loving well? I, I resonate with this. This, this. this does describe how I'm approaching life. And then uh, p- pick another one that, you know, I hold back. I have reasons, but I hold back in this other area. And then I would like you to turn to each other. You know, pick whoever it is going to be. If, if you don't want to talk to someone who knows you, actually here, that might be hard. But <laughs> <laughs> choose someone to talk to. And then I'd like you to listen with storge, empathy, encouragement, your heart going out to that person. And I, w- I would like you to share with philia, as equals, trusting. And um, if you don't have someone to talk to, just talk to me. Come on up here. It's okay. All right. So go. I'll give you five or 10 minutes. I hope that, that just talking about the highs and lows with each other and, and being really seen, I hope you felt seen this morning, because being loved means being seen and heard and felt and accepted and loved. And I, I preach that all the time now. I didn't used to know those things. But when you did that for each other, you stirred up within each other your true natures, the nature that you were begotten in, the nature that you carry now, the nature of love. As God, our Father, is love, so in a certain sense, God is saying, we too now are love. So after saying that there are absolutely no restrictions on the fruit of the Spirit, not a single one, you just love as hard as you want, Be as kind as often as you want. There's no law against it. No restrictions, no penalties. Just do it. Go ahead. Be profligate. I I would love to be this way with money. Unfortunately, that does have a limit. But (laughs) be profligate. And how are we going to do it? Well, since we live in the spirit, in the spirit, we also keep in step. Now, what does that actually mean? It sounds really good. I mean, it is good sounds good because it is good but since we live in the spirit in the spirit we also keep in step so this is what I this is what I get from this we talked about capacity like everybody has emotional limitations we do Uh, I think of it like um like a speaker box and if you turn the sound on too high it just goes makes noise and if you watch the sound wave the sound waves being cut off here it's being cut off there. sound box the the speaker just can't carry it And, and we can be like that But for love, we actually have a much bigger capacity than we think because we're living in the Spirit. So how are we going to be wise with this love? Well, we're going to keep in step with the Spirit, which we absolutely can do because we have the Spirit. So that's my final thought for you. Um, Think big, pray big, and be confident because we are living in the Spirit and we can keep in step with the Spirit. Spirit will show us what that's going to mean when it's time. So let's, uh, let's pray. Our Lord God, these are really big thoughts. It takes time for us to truly understand what it is that you're revealing. And so we ask that you would grant us experiences where we can begin to know what it means to be begotten in love, to have love as our nature, to be in you and you in us, so that our capacity is immense. Would you show us what that means, we pray. Amen.